Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. When I was about 10, my mom bought a house in one of the most beautiful neighborhoods in Detroit after we had been renting for years in neighborhoods with a lot of blight. And then all of a sudden, we were in the university district. The trees were abundant. The sidewalks were clean. It was walkable. It was serene. And that was the first time I understood how beauty, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your city, it lifts your spirits. It changes how you see yourself and your surroundings and how you can exist within them. Tanika Lewis-Johnson knows this, too. She's a Chicago artist, photographer, and a champion of social justice. And her latest community, quote-unquote, art project, does have beauty in mind, but it also has something else, something foundational. It's called Unblocked Inglewood. So Unblocked Inglewood is a very unusual art project to beautify the block in a way that residents want to see beauty on their block, whether it's a mural, whether it's a garden, whether it's landscaping. But if we were to just start doing art right away, it would be an insult to people on that block. And this is why it will be an insult, because they are suffering from the racist housing practices that my previous project uh, amplified. And in order to beautify a block, you have to heal it. You have to help it heal. That is where this project kind of turns into art, but also social justice art. (laughs) Tanika is not just helping to beautify the 6500 block of South Aberdeen. She and her team have also acquired the funding to do some home improvements, and it's so transformative for the homeowners in the area. Here's one of them, Miss Justine. I have a three flat on the block. And for the last, I'm going to say 10, maybe longer years, I could hear water running in the wall. I couldn't find it. To have that kind of work done, you're looking at at least $11,000. I thank God for them, because had not it been, where would we be? Everybody in this block, 6,500 block of Aberdeen, is jumping with joy. Today, I talked to Tanika about this social justice art project on 65th and Aberdeen, how it grew from some of her other many powerful projects that you may have heard of, but also why projects like it are so necessary to counteract decades of racist housing policy. We start off a little more broad. Why Inglewood? You are a lifelong Inglewood resident. You're also a dynamic artist. You have the world at your fingertips. And so I feel like it's a conscious decision to stay with, given all of that in the place where you grew up, let alone focus your work in the place that you grew up. And I wonder, 
What are some of the things that really contribute to you making that decision? Uh, I've had different points throughout my whole life where I've had to think about that. One of the earlier times was when I was in college because I went to Columbia College for um, photography and journalism. Okay. And when I was taking documentary photography classes, uh, I definitely understood that, oh, in order for you to do dynamic work, you have to go out of the country or you have to go to some other place and, and, and document their story or issues that they're having there. And I was just like, but I don't want to. <laughs> so I was like, what? Why? Why can't I stay here and document? So I was I was beginning to ask ah. those questions. So um, through the medium of photography is really when I started to see the the gap in documenting black neighborhoods, but specifically in Chicago. Mm. And so when you can understand a neighborhood like Inglewood or Austin neighborhood on the west side, it really can help you understand the plight of so many other cities in the country. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the value I see in um, kind of rooting myself in my home neighborhood of Inglewood. So I want to focus on the block that Unblocked Inglewood focuses on. So it's right at the 65th and Aberdeen intersection, that 6500 block. Mm-hmm. Tell me about some of the ways you were engaged with the folks specifically on that block before this project even launched. Oh, so before Unblocked launched, I was connected to this block because my previous project, Inequity for Sale, where I created life-size landmarkers and put them in front of homes that were essentially legally stolen from aspiring black homeowners through the predatory housing practice of land sale contracts. Mm. And so that project was meant to kind of help people understand how this, you know, historic racist housing practice is amongst us today. You know, how it's not as distant as we think, Mm -hmm. and it actually impacts our neighborhood today. So I put those landmarkers up. On the landmarkers, I include the name of the black people who the home was sold to. And a strange twist of fate happened. Someone that I know through community work in Inglewood, he contacted me and said those are his great-grandparents on that landmarker. Mm. No idea. So when I went to the block to talk to him, he introduced me to his grandfather, which is the son of the people on the landmarker. He told me his mother was able to finish the land sale contract, and then she was able to purchase the home that he still lives in now. So the generational wealth happened for one generation, Mm -hmm. right? But then he started to tell me because of the devaluation of the neighborhood, which is another byproduct of all of these historic (laughs) racist housing policies, is that he couldn't afford to do home repairs. And he said that it's so many other people his age who live on this block who are homeowners um, that are in the same situation, Mm. which I knew was true. Um, I'm also a homeowner in Inglewood, and I know, I think all of us know, how homes can actually deplete your savings, emergency fixes. And so once he told me that story and everyone on the block was telling me about how his mother 
was really like a prominent figure on the block, I said, we have to do something to help uh, because they are experiencing the trauma of the financial trauma and just the um, trauma to their livelihood from these predatory practices in the 50s and 60s. And so that's when I just was like, we're going to figure something out. (laughs) We're going to figure something out. Yeah. When we think about how art is demonstrated in our neighborhoods, you know, it's often through murals or if enough funding occurs, sculptures. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of us who do that kind of art, we struggle with the fact that we wish it was something else we could do to solve the very thing that, you know, our projects are oftentimes talking about, mm-hmm. which is racism or unity or all of the inequities that disinvested neighborhoods have dealt with. So um, the funding model is what is also art to me. Yeah, so let's let's get into it. I know, as you're saying, it's a very unique funding model. I know a part of that is some of the municipal leaders and how they worked to get this funded. Yeah, tell me about that. So um, it's a unique art project, right, because it's combining home repair and public art. And so, you know, I had this idea to kind of combine the two and applied for funding from the city of Chicago's Department of Culture Affairs and Special Events and the Office of Equity and Racial Justice. They had a creative placemaking grant called Mm -hmm. Together We Heal to fund creative placemaking, public art. And it was at a tune of potentially $500,000. So when you have, exactly, when you have artists... <laughs> My face is like, huh. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> so yeah. when you have art funding at that amount, it typically screams, you know, some kind of sculpture or some okay. huge performance because that's a significant amount of money, mm-hmm. right? So that was kind of the anticipated ask, I'm sure. Okay. But then I applied for, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to do all of that stuff, (laughs) but we want to do these home repairs too. So um, even though that was the ask of the project, I still had no real way of knowing if it would be funded. And so I really like to uplift the uh, amazing women who we're a part of helping make that decision, Commissioner Aaron Harkey and the former Chief Equity Office, Candace Moore, in approving, you know, having the visionary leadership to approve this weird kind of art mm. project. Shout out, Aaron. Shout out, Candace. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so it kind of just speaks to the importance of having um, really amazing black women in these positions mm-hmm. who can see through different kind of unusual um, but really progressive ideas. And if it weren't for them, then, you know, we'd probably still be trying to ask for money someplace yeah. else. <laughs> well, speaking of someplace else, I know there were some individual donors and foundations as well yes. um, involved in the funding. Yeah, what about yes. that? Oh, uh, amazing Terra Foundation, uh, Chicago Community Trust. Uh, they definitely supported this project. And, you know, just shout out to them for being willing to listen and, and grow and potentially expand their priorities in funding. Yeah. 
what kinds of things are happening right now? So, like, who are you working with on that kind of home repair component, and what oh, are they yes. up to? Yeah, so as I said, um, I'm an artist, and uh, Ingo Arts Collective is a bunch of creatives. We are not construction people. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> so, so we had to have not a... Not architects, not engineers. No, 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 yeah. no. no. We different kind of architects, but we definitely yeah. don't know nothing about pipe fit and wheelchair. <laughs> so we had to have a strong partnership with the organization that is well aware of all of that, which is what Chicago Bungalow Association is. Gotcha. Um, they are amazing association that provides resources to homeowners who have homes over 100 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And they started out focusing on um, Chicago's bungalows, which is how they got their title. Um, But they've expanded that um, help to homes that are older than 100 years old. And so they're an amazing partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When I'm listening to you talk about the folks um, on this block, I'm thinking a lot about dignity and autonomy. Mm. And I imagine this has to be having an effect not only on the physicality of this neighborhood, but also the people themselves. And mm. I, as a person who's in touch with those people, right, what are you hearing? They've been so appreciative and very clear, you know, like, we was trying to do this anyway. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, Miss Justine, right? How many times did she break down her, her little her home that she owns yeah. to try to figure out where the leaking was coming from? Exactly. Yes. So when you have someone who um, is essentially an experienced real estate person, yes. an experienced landlord, tell you how they have had those struggles and how they appreciate what this project is doing, um, it just it just reverberates. Like everyone on the block is is so happy and relieved. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the part that I struggle with because they feel so blessed to be able to have this kind of help that they all needed. And I'm just like, it's a blessing because we made it happen, but it shouldn't have to be. You know, mm-hmm. you all are tax-paying citizens of this city. You all are the engine of this neighborhood. If it wasn't for your ownership of your home, yes. all our schools in the neighborhood would be closed. So, wow. yeah, they're just really happy. Like, they treat me like they saw me grow up now. Mm. <laughs> like, they Aww. don't care who I bring on the block. Yes. They just talking to me like <laughs> I'm their little relative. Yeah, like you've been a part of it the whole time. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. And now it's to the point where they tell me stuff that they, they want. You know, oh, like, don't forget now, I want, I want the new uh, <laughs> siding. I'm like, got it, noted. We're going to try to make that happen because yes. everything they want falls within reason. Yeah. This feels like, you know, it's happening in this one block, in this one neighborhood. But it does feel um, so generalizable. And yeah. I wonder if you're thinking about how this project in this spot cause upon us to address structural racism, right, that has happened on a grander scale? Yes. Um, And I really appreciate that question because to me, that's the artistic part of it. Mm. Um, The idea to combine public art and home repair, that's obvious. Uh, the way in which we're funded. Right, this this is like, yeah. Um, And then 
also the funding model. Um, that was also a call to action. Mm-hmm. But really, conceptually speaking, it is the the exact point that you made. I I hope that people can start to think about that when they read about this project. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's where the, the artistry lies, is how you can use um, this kind of work to really help people think about um, the larger issues and mm-hmm. ask questions. And to me, that's what art does. Yes. And that is the thing that I want people to think about. Like, how can we do this different? I'm giving you one way in which I, as a creative from this neighborhood, is attempting to redress. Mm -hmm. But how can we do this different? If reparations is not something that's going to happen formally in this city uh, right now, if, um, you know, home repair loans aren't going to be made easily accessible to everyone, if we don't have home repair grants to homeowners in these neighborhoods, what can we do? Mm -hmm. And so that is really what um, I want the project to kind of be a guiding light to to say that we can be as creative as we want when we're trying to dismantle these systemic injustices. Mm. And it doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. Um, You definitely need the legislative to happen. You know, that's to ensure (laughs) that it won't happen. We don't keep repeating. Exactly. But um, until then, we can't just not do anything Mm -hmm. specifically within the art sector. Yeah. um, Because that is my world where I operate. And so I really wanted this project to help art funding organizations to to think differently about how we can contribute to a a tangible solution. Mm -hmm. Tanika Lewis-Johnson is a photographer, social justice artist, lifelong Inglewood rep, Inglewood, a lifelong (laughs) resident of Inglewood on the south side of Chicago. Her most recent project is Unblocked Inglewood. Tanika, thank you. Thank you for your amazing questions. (laughs) You can learn more about Unblocked Inglewood at chicagobungalow.org slash unblocked. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And that's it for today. Thank you, Justin Bull and Sarah Stark, for producing The Rundown and Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Ethan Schwab engineered this episode. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. And if you love the show and you want to review us, give us a written review as well. If you do, I'll shout you out and you'll help more people find The Rundown. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Happy Friday. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.